You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 356. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Who, Hello. Who has... My, I'm sat ahead. in my fearsomely hot living room at the moment. Uh, are you? It's so hot here, and we can't deal with it. Well, uh, how hot is it? Are you sweating already? Oh, yeah, I'm swe- I was sweating as soon as I sat down. Uh, uh, it's probably about 28, 28 degrees outside, but this is a country where we, you know, apart from commercial spaces, we just don't do air conditioning. So we just really struggle. And our houses are designed to retain heat for the winter when it's cold. <laughs> uh-huh. So ventilating them is also not easy. Um, hmm. So it's pretty miserable here. Uh, and the, the hills around where I live have been on fire for the last two weeks as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you've some issues. Can you hear that yeah. beeping sound? Yeah, I hear it. So I'm getting my house painted, at least the soffits, and the guys that I'm paying to do so brought this giant boom crane thing and it's got these big four pylons that go down and lift it up off the ground so you know the guy that's 40 feet up in the air is not going to die when a ladder comes crashing down or something and the problem was he they i don't know but i I don't know if the machine broke or they're just incompetent i have my theories um they had to leave it in my front yard and it was blocking most of my driveway and, of course, I drive a great big Sequoia, so he they called me and let me know this was happening. I was I was at um, a family member's house on the lake last night. So we get home. It's quite late for me. And there's this tiny little opening to get in the driveway. And I look at it. And I said, I think I can get in there. And the kids and Julie are like, you can't get in there. That's You're... They're like, Dad, you're in a Sequoia. I mean, this is a big vehicle. I got in. Yeah. I had to stick my head out the window and, you know, make sure. <laughs> I made the it. The problem is, with, with gaps like that, you can get in. Sometimes you can't get out. Oh, I don't think I can get out easily. Yeah. I'd have to at least fold my mirrors in. Yeah. But the point being, they left it here overnight. It's due back at 8 o'clock this morning. And they said that, you know, they're going to have to call the company. The company's going to have to come get it. And they're out there right now trying to get it out of here. <laughs> I was thinking because, you know, I, I agreed on a price for them to paint this. Yeah. Well, I know if this thing has to sit here on the weekend, that company's going to charge them. But they ain't going to charge me. That ain't my problem. No, exactly. Yeah. So they're out there right now working on it. I can hear beeping and so. So to the listeners, if you hear weird sounds in the background, that's what it is. Now, I just need to ask you, because you sent me a picture, so I need to ask you a question. Yeah. Not about the thing that's um, not about the thing that's on your driveway, which is a big orange spindly thing. Yeah. But it looks like somebody has part of their house kind of floating over the road in this picture. No, it's my little birdhouse hanging from the roof of... Because of the perspective, it just looks like a little tiny house. The house across the road, yeah, and they've got some kind of levitating deal going. Yeah, on. if if you zoom in, you can see that it's actually hanging. 
<laughs> but I, I noticed that when I sent it to you, I thought, what is that? Oh, yeah, it's that birdhouse. <laughs> that is hilarious. You know, the birdhouse has been sitting there for two years, and we don't put bird seed in it. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you look directly underneath it, there's like this white trash can looking thing. Uh-huh. That's where all the bird seed is. Right. All we were doing is luring in birds for the cats that live out there. Okay. It, it was becoming a killing field. Well, maybe you should put um, cat repellent on the on the birdhouse. Lasers. <laughs> Automatic cat lasers. There's something about those videos I like watching on YouTube where the squirrels are getting into the bird seed. Yeah. And the ingenious way that humans come up with to keep the squirrels out, they're like... Put it on the spindly thing so that as soon as the squirrel gets up there, it starts spinning in circles. And they're yeah. holding off for dear life, just trying to get a freaking seed until they go flinging off. Or they'll grease the pole with petroleum jelly and the squirrel gets halfway up and starts sliding back down. I don't know why I get a kick out of those. I thought the easy thing to do would be to put at the bottom of the pole food for the squirrels. Well, I saw one this guy put like this wide, wide steel netting around it so the birds would land. And they would always go right where the food was. They weren't touching the steel, but the squirrels would jump on the steel netting. And, of course, it's electrified. Very mild charge. It's not, you know, it wasn't barbecue squirrel. But but the squirrel would start dancing around like they're like, out, 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 until they jumped down. I thought that was yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, um, I can't imagine that's the most attractive looking thing. It, it was kind of funny. Defeating the purpose at that point. Yeah, but oh, it was. I trap my birds, the birds in my garden. But I've had to put an electric satellite dish in the back of the garden to keep the squirrels away. Yeah, but it was funny. It was worth it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was. Yeah, but, I, I laughed. You know what? I've noticed mostly the birds do fine without us giving them food. Hey, yeah, it's kind of weird. We feed the birds because we want to see the birds. That's right. That's that's the only that's the only reason we do that. And the birds must be thinking, what the hell? We go over here and they put seed for us. They even try and keep the cats away we go see another field full of seed and they put up things to try and scare us away what the hell are these people what are like? they doing you know we're, we're a strange species yeah so uh, I, you know what I've been I've been watching my dog yeah and I've been coming to the conclusion that everything we think about dogs loving us is completely utterly wrong well, of course they don't they are motivated purely by instinct for yes food and comfort and nothing else we and we know that as a species, we understand right. that. We, you forget it though, don't you? You you convince yourself, no, my dog loves me. You know, my dog's excited. When when they're excited to see us when we come home, it's because they think, great, they're back here. Maybe they'll give me something to eat. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I mean, if you come home the same day or same time every day, the dog gets all excited five minutes before you get there. They start jumping around, looking out the window. Cause food's coming, food's coming, food's coming. Food. I go back to. The George Carlin joke, where the only reason that we really, really love dogs is because they have eyebrows that they've learned to manipulate. <laughs> That's the only reason. And that, you know, we call people who are way into cats, crazy cat lady and stuff like that, because yeah. they don't have eyebrows. They have just crap sticking out of their, yeah. you know, and cats tolerate humans. Yeah. They, no cat loves humans. They don't. They tolerate they us. Yeah, and they, but the thing is, they don't try and fool us with it. Dogs no, and they don't. Well, dogs are like the Oscars of the yes. animal world. Yes, because they act. Yep. Well, I we have domesticated the dog to a certain extent that they really do need us to survive. Yeah. Cats don't. No. They don't. They don't need us at all. They just tolerate us. If if cats have their way, they would kill us. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep There's telling, no question. I've had lots of friends at, at work who have cats, and I keep saying to them, you do... There was, one, there was one, one lady in particular, she adored her cat. Yeah. I said, you do realize, given half a chance, it would eat off your face. Sure, absolutely. That's its instinct. <laughs> They're a predator. Yeah. Yeah. But we digress. Um, yes. It's a floating birdhouse. That's what that is. Mm. So I know that you told me right when we... Well, right before we started recording, that you and Alexander went and saw Solo, so we're going to get to that. But we yeah. got a other a couple other things we want to talk about first. Um, I, I think one of the funniest things that I saw was uh, Gavin Williamson. You, you put this little <laughs> less than a minute video um, yeah. interrupted by series during comments. So here, let me just play this because the listeners can hear it. This involves the clearance of desert areas, securing the Syria-Iraq border, and rooting out the remaining several hundred terrorists who remain in outposts in the Euphrates Valley and surrounding areas. I found something on the web for in Syria. Syrian Democratic Forces supported by premonition. Um, what a very rum business that is. <laughs> Intervention. No, but uh, I do apologise for that. Uh, uh, it is very rare that you're heckled by your own mobile phone. Indeed. On this occasion, uh, it, is a, it is a new parliamentary convention, without a doubt. Uh, um, so if I may proceed, Mr Speaker, without the, the help and support of Siri. Um, That's pretty funny. So, so, yeah, so that is our... Um, Defence Secretary, so he basically is the political head of the military, and because he was talking about Syria in Parliament, <laughs> Syria heard it and said, you know, tried to help him out with that. Maybe um, Theresa May could ask uh, Siri for some advice on Brexit. So Siri and the iPhone is trying to be helpful. Of course it is. And I, what, the, one of the other, apart from the fact that it's, that it's quite funny, um, one of the other reasons I stuck this in the notes is it, it really... Given the processing and the sophistication of these systems now, it surprises me that they don't have more context than just a dumb. Obviously, it went off there because he said Syria. Right. That has the phrase Syria in it. Um, but it really does surprise me that um, they're not able to identify something more sophisticated than a pure trigger word. Mm hmm. You know, well, we've had to turn, we've had to change the trigger word for our Amazon devices. Well, but it's not AI. Alexander. It's not AI yet. I mean, they're still, in in many respects, dumb devices. And yeah, Samsung we, is. We talked. We talked a few weeks ago about Google doing that duo thing where they were trying to get it taught to, right. um, uh, to make restaurant bookings and hair appointments and stuff like that. And it's like, why are you not? working on fixing the trigger problem because right. that's actually a bigger problem that affects everybody who uses devices every day. Well, Samsung is proving that these are not very smart devices. There's a uh, story on The Verge and it kind of went, um, I, I'd say mini viral. If this was Apple and iPhones doing this, it would be the leading story for a week on every single news site in the world. Samsung's phones are texting users photos to random contacts contacts without their permission so in other words you get the samsung phone and it just starts oh you got photos in here i'm just going to text them to people in your contact list amazing i i don't see that this would cause any problems no i mean why why would anybody be remotely concerned about that and samsung even says that this is a problem they are, they are aware of it. Now, this is only on, it looks like, the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. 
no, that's I take it back. T-Mobile just issued our ships. No, it's 7S and 7S Edge. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. Well, it's part of the problem with um, with this is that this is Samsung's own message application, which they insist on putting on their phones, despite the fact that Google gives you perfectly good messaging as part of the Android build. But no, it's Samsung, so they have to do everything themselves as well. Um, interestingly enough, I, I read recently that Samsung is, is starting to suffer some real erosion of their market share. Uh, and the speculation is because the rest of the phones industry in the Android world now has have kind of caught up on quality and features yeah. um, and are often much, much cheaper than, an, than you know, Samsung's uh, Galaxy S models sell for the same, same or more as, as iPhones do. Yeah, whereas you can spend half that amount and get a phone from a, a kind of a less a, a less big brand in the Android world that's pretty much as good and also doesn't have all the Samsung version of the apps on. It tends to be relatively stock Android. Um, and there's, there's a big suspicion now that those, those phones are going to, over the next few years, really eat Samsung's launch. Do you think Apple should be worried about the same? No, because, because Apple is insulated by the fact that it's its own ecosystem. You know, yes and um, no, but when you look you at what people... There's no, there's no alternates to the latest iPhones um, affecting pr- sales of the latest iPhones except older iPhones. I, I, I would have agreed with that at the beginning of, and even the halfway through the last decade, but I think that's less of an issue because what are you doing on your phone, iPhone that you can't do on a Samsung phone? Well, uh, seriously. Got, you've got to, you, if you want to switch, you've got to rebuy all your apps. That's a minor. That's a minor thing for most well, people. I don't. I don't think it is. I think, I think you've it got is. A lot of apps that you use, and you've got to go and rebuy them. I think that's that's a problem. Now you find out the apps that you don't really. Yeah, I'm not going to rebuy that again. I wasn't using it much, anyways. Well, it yeah, forces you to clean up. The, the thing is, the apps you do use are the ones that you really have to have. Yeah, but those most, most of those are free. On Android. Not everything is available on Android, and if they are available on Android, they don't work as well. So There's something about the iOS ecosystem that makes it. Um, kind of binds you in a little bit more. That, and I think the other big thing is iMessage. You can't contact people who also use iPhones via messaging on an, on an Android phone. You have to text them, and text is nowhere near as reliable. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's a big, that's a big kind of lock-in that Apple has kind of stumbled into, really. I don't think they ever intended it to be like that. Um, but uh, that's, that's what is certainly one thing that would put me off put me off uh, going to, oh, of course, for me, you know, the other thing is the integration between all my devices, because they're all Apple. Um, I don't get it much on my computer anymore, because in recent months, um, I, I'm using my Mac less and less, and that's because work has really tightened down on what we can use and not use for our own, uh, for, for work computing, because of our security requirements. So I don't really use my Mac for work anymore. So the Mac only comes out, well, normally about once or twice a week. Uh, one of those times being to record this show. Right. Um, but uh, I use my iPad all the time. I use my watch all the time, and I've got an iPhone. And to switch away to an, an Android phone would mean giving up the integrations between those devices, and that's certainly something I, it would make my, effectively make my Apple Watch useless. That's something I don't want to do. So you think the Apple Watch is a big contributing factor at this point? I, I I think anybody who I think the people who like the Apple Watch and there's a hell of a lot of them out there now. You see a lot of Apple Watches around are people who like what the watch does for them, and it only does that if you also have an iPhone. So I think there is some sort of 
uh, not halo effect, but some mutual lock in there. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I I find myself using because you you remember for those listening to the show for you know a good length of time here. I, it wasn't that I was opposed to the Apple Watch. I just didn't see the point of the Apple Watch. Yeah. And in some respects, I, I still kind of agree with that. But I do use my Apple Watch mostly to track my movements during the day, fitness-wise. Um, and I have lost weight, so that's nice. But I think yeah. that would have happened regardless of what watch was on my wrist. A Fitbit would have been just as fine. Uh, I use it all the time for Apple Pay. It's so convenient. And and I still run across people who see me do it and they're just they marvel at it. They're like, "Wow, what what was that? That was like magic." You used your watch? That was amazing. Um and keeping track of time. But yeah. There's tiny little things like I, you know, when I'm with a customer and I get a text, I just look at my watch. Yeah. And all I'm really doing is seeing who it's, who it's from. And to, if I accidentally have my phone start ringing, I just put my hand over my watch face and it shuts it up. Yeah, I do. <coughs> and it does I, that I, even I, if yeah, it's on I silent take mode. Quite a few calls on my watch too. Um, if my phone is in my pocket, then I will, uh, depending on what I'm doing, I will quite happily take the call on my watch. Sometimes I switch back to the phone after I've done that, but I often will start the call on my watch. I, I've done that. It's just it's one of the stupidest looking things I've ever done. You yeah. look like an idiot when you start talking at your watch. <laughs> it's, it's, you just can't help it. Yeah, the other big thing I do, I do is um, I use it all the time in the car. So I'm I'm controlling my podcasts. Uh, I, I might be looking at Apple Maps while I'm driving, and I'm doing because I don't have CarPlay. I'm doing all of that in the car. Yeah, see, mine is I've got CarPlay, so it's... Yeah. I do like when you're using Apple Maps and you have to turn, it pulsates... Uh, pulsates on your wrist. I like that. That's kind of cool. And funny, we're looking at a new car for my wife at the moment, and um, I've I've explained to her what CarPlay is. She's not heard of it heard of it before. And and I said, look, if you buy a car with CarPlay, you don't need to pay for their sat nav. No. And um, you know that's quite, actually quite a substantial saving. Um, so she and she'd never heard of CarPlay before, so she's quite interested in that. I'm hearing beeping sounds now. No, it stopped. I have no idea what that was. Nope, there it is again. Oh, there it is again, yeah. What is it? Sounds like it's coming from outside, so it might be... Yeah, it might be the truck guys. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. quite annoying, though. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know what... I presume at some point Samsung will fix this bug, whatever it is, but um, depending on the sort of... Some, some people have... Um, interesting pictures on the phone, you say, let's say. That could be quite embarrassing. Yeah, especially if your name is Anthony Weiner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... I'm going to pause this, take a break for a second, because I don't think that's coming from outside, but let me check. Hold okay. on one second. So after a quick 10-minute uh, break here, David, I'm back. They're, the painters are back. They're uh, painting right now, so the beeping sound is that giant machine in my neighbor's yard now so they can reach the top of my house. And as you know, I have a very tall house. So, yeah. Um, and they had put a tarp plastic tarp over my truck, mm -hmm. my Sequoia. And I said, you know, let, let me move my truck because this thing was $50,000 just 10 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's not worth $50,000 now, but, uh, yeah, let me, let me move this. 
At least they covered it. Nobody wants paint on their car. No. Let's face it. Well, everybody wants paint on their car. No, not uh, not um, house uh-huh. paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, but they're scraping and they're moving the machine and they're literally on the other side of the wall from me. They're maybe on the other side of the wall in the driveway, but probably five feet to my right. So I'm quite convinced we'll hear some scraping sounds and that beeping occasionally. But this is literally the only time we can do the show. So Yeah, and maybe they'll have something useful to contribute It'd be in terms right. of yeah. uh, technology. So that's what's going on with uh, Samsung. Uh, you know, this is, I think, a, a huge issue. Um, if it was an Apple iPhone doing this, David, don't you agree? This would be all over the news. Uh, absolutely. This is um, a very, very much typical of uh, a kind of a, a double standard in the press is that, you know, people, Apple are so successful, people want to bring them down. Yep. Um, Samsung, not so much. Samsung gets away with a lot more. Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, they had to... They, they've had the, uh, what the CEO, the president in prison now. I mean, yeah, and they had exploding phones and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's continue to plow on. Yeah, they're fine. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I do, but still, I think it's because we hold Apple to a higher standard than almost any yeah. other company, fairly or unfairly. And Apple does kind of set themselves up for that simply because they do have. And this is a guy who owns MyMac.com, okay? They do have an arrogant, we're better than everyone else. We set the standard. Um, Our stuff is simply better. It's not a matter of opinion. It's just fact. Yeah, and and also they market market their approach and their stuff in a way that implies that they, they want that. They do that stuff to be better, not to make more money, but because it's the right thing to do. Right. Obviously, when you put a moral uh, a moral uh, injection into your into your brand, then obviously that means that there are certain certain people and and quite legitimately will say, well, okay, well, when you mess up, it's a bigger thing because you you guys are meant to be the moral leaders as well as the brand leaders. Yep. So you set yourself for those kind of uh, criticisms and press coverage, and yeah. you just gotta live with it. Yep. So. Last thing let's talk about before we uh, move on. This one I kind of want. want. Now, I, I, I have downloaded and played Fortnite now. This is the big video game thing. It's online only. You, It's kind of like a third-person shooter, but not yeah. really. It's different. You kind of build things. I don't... I, I downloaded it and I played it on the Switch and I don't get it. I think it's right. the graphics are so terrible. I've, I've played it a little bit more because Alexander is a really, really big fan of Fortnite. Um, the appeal really is the fact that it's. I think it's the same appeal that that is behind Call of Duty multiplayer and Halo multiplayer and Overwatch and Destiny. All of these big, you know, online games where right. you play in a shared environment. Yeah, the the difference, the the brilliance of of, of Fortnite um, is that it it dresses up in it in a in a game engine that's actually quite low powered, so it runs on a very broad range of hardware very right. well. And secondly, it is trivially easy to get in and play. Unlike these other games that have fairly high entrance requirements in terms of the equipment you need to use and how you actually use it and everything like that. Anybody can pick this up and play, and within five minutes, you're in an environment. The other clever thing about Fortnite is that, in some respects, 
it does, you don't, a lot of these other games, if you're not a, an uber gamer, you will just get killed straight away. Right. The, the beauty of Fortnite in the Battle Royale mode, which is the way that people play it, is that the playing area is so vast is you will have some fun playing the game uh, before somebody comes along and kills you. Because everybody drops this massive island and then they're funneled together. So even though you might be a, a lousy Twitch shooting game uh, player, yeah, you will still have some enjoyment playing the game. There's plenty of other things to do. You can build up your defenses. You can be looking for things and everything before you interact with other players, which means that there's quite a shallow learning curve that you can get into the game, get some enjoyment out of it, and start to get better before you're forced into a melee with other players where you are going to get killed if you're not very good at it. So it means, I think that this is the, the clever thing about it, is it, it means that you can get better at the game relatively easily. And the other advantage of it is that to play the, the, core, the core mode is completely and utterly free. Yep. You don't have to spend any money. <clears throat> Everything that you spend money on in this game is cosmetic. Now, people are really into that. Alexander said to me yesterday, uh, he said, oh, for my birthday this year, I want some V-Bucks. Yeah. And I said, well, what, you can play the game without the V-Bucks. What do you need the V-Bucks for? Yeah, but you can't get the cool stuff without the V-Bucks. And it kind of has a, you know, keeping up with your friends, uh, this, is, uh, this is the expression of who I am type of thing about it, which is associated with spending money. And it makes them, uh, by all accounts, it makes Epic Games a ton of money. So this is, as David said, it's on a, a variety of platforms, including the Switch, which... Of the three major consoles, that one is the most low-powered. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a portable system, so obviously it's not going to have the horsepower that a PS4 or an Xbox One has. But for the sake of this story, yeah, it's on PC. Regularly on his iPhone SE. Yeah. Well, this one's on. This is on PC, so people are downloading um, cheats for the game. And these cheats help you aim better. Um, you know, they they do different things. Well, it turns out most of these apps are loaded up with malware. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I really do. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like it when people's computers get infested with crap like this you know it's it's bad business all around but it's kind of karma though isn't it here's this free game this company gives you they make their money if you upgrade to the cosmetic stuff it's immensely popular and of course people want to cheat and when they cheat what happens they're infecting their pcs with malware now this doesn't help xbox or iphone or Whatever users doesn't do anything for them because you can't install these kind of things like that, but you can on the PC. Yep. So I have a hard time feeling sorry for these players. Well, you're trying to cheat, which is kind of again talking about moral behavior. is is not nice. It's not not it's trying to get an unfair advantage against people who who don't have that advantage. It's just not yep. nice. Cheating. No. Secondly, as well, a lot of these people are being suckered. Because um, some of these add-ons are being sold as being a way of getting free V bucks, yeah. So that you can now, as I as I said to you before, you don't need V bucks to play this game. Yeah, you only need V bucks if you want to change your costume or, or change the way your player looks. Or uh, and there's some fantastical add-ons 
that you know you see some players running through this game and you, and you just think what did i just see right it's completely nothing crazy but the way you do that is you buy just in the same way as you would in the real world you want the different costume you have to go out and buy it yeah you use their currency and what what the way some of these malwares have been infecting people is by prompt say install this um this add-on uh and then over a period of time you'll automatically generate free v bucks for costumes and what have you and of course they do that and over a period of time it generally redirects their traffic to malware sites imagine and, that. and again it's hard to it's that while it while it's not right um it's hard to feel sorry for those particular people who've fallen for that scam yeah um, the, the problem is of course is it's only, with this technology existing it's only a matter of time before legitimate add-ons to fortnite get infected with malware yep and uh, look, I, a lot of kids are playing this game. They're using the family PC to do it, and now that PC is infected. That sucks. But yeah, that affects everybody in the house. Yep. Yeah, but by the same token, uh, keep yeah. an eye on what keep, they're doing. Keep an eye on what on what your kids are doing. Now, on that, I upgraded. Um, I, I talked a few weeks ago about the uh, Custodio, Custodio app that I put on the iPad. Sure. Alexander's very very negative reaction to it. So I have upgraded his iPad and mine to the iPad the iOS 12 beta so I can try the Screen Time app out which is this app that Apple is giving you that gives you granular control over what apps you can use, what apps you can't and when you can use the iPad um, I'm really happy with the technology I can keep a very close eye on what he's doing now the limiting stuff is still a bit buggy in that you know when I, I say alright only one, one hour of fortnight a day that often doesn't seem to work um, I'm sure that will firm up as we get through the basis, but it's actually pretty good. Um, and it's precisely the sort of thing that I think anybody who's playing these online games, have these kids playing these online games, you need to keep a bit of an eye, of it, eye on it just so it doesn't get out of hand. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember this program, I think, yeah. So. Way back in the day, in the early 2000s, or 90s, and this is what all the schools used when they had Macs. It was a program called At Ease. And it was kind of a cool program, to be honest with you, and I thought it was a very novel approach. So you would launch this computer, and At Ease would take over the graphical user interface, and you would have ostensibly folders Mm-hmm. And these folders would only give you applications that you could access, so like schoolwork or maybe Oregon Trail, right? Yeah. You would not have access to the system stuff. And if you quit out of at ease, you had to have a password. And it seemed like a pretty good way to kind of control student access to computers. Yeah. And I saw it in education when I was doing a lot of consulting work for schools. And I thought, this is perfect. And it seemed like Apple is way ahead of the curve on this stuff. So I'm not surprised that they're building this into the phones, but I'm kind of surprised that it's taken them so long to get caught up to where they were back in the early 90s. Yeah, I think I think the challenge is much harder nowadays. Um, there's a lot more going on than these computers, and um, at ease, uh, which I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for it here. So that I didn't uh, when you start talking, about it, I didn't realize it was developed by Apple themselves. Yeah, no, it was an it Apple software. Yeah, it, it was installed yeah. on computers all at the time. Yeah. You could turn on but, at ease um, anytime you wanted. It's 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 a bit easier 
the problem is a lot of the things you need to try and protect your uh, users from nowadays is stuff that's online as opposed to stuff that's on the computer. So I suppose it's a bit a bit of a challenge. But let's face it, we've been calling for better um, parental control in iOS for years, and it's taken Apple this long to to get around to it. So I'm glad they have done. It does seem to be a very very promising implementation. Um, I would have liked to have seen it four years ago, frankly, but uh, there you go. Well, I think that Apple would have done well, and, and Microsoft as well with Windows, and Google with Android, to have some kind of um, sophisticated parental control over devices. It always seems to be an afterthought. Mm. And I think that is unfortunate because, as parents ourselves, it would be nice to be able to have granular control over what the little ones are doing with these devices because we're not going to sit next to them every single time they use these things. It's yeah, just and, not practical. In business as well, we have a we run an, an app on our all our devices that basically reports back to us on the general security level of the phones. Yeah. Um, no, it's not really much of a problem for uh, Apple devices. We really need to have it for audit purposes so we can, if a security order comes in, we can say, well, this is what we do to keep an eye on this. Uh, without being too heavy-handed. But interestingly enough, we occasionally have subcontractors come in um, and we basically say to them, look, if you need to access our email system or our file system, you need to have this on your personal phone just so that we can make sure there's no security holes there. And lo and behold, we found, found people who were charging over a £1,000 a day working as computer consultants who are running uh, Android 5, Android 6 on an ancient phone. Right, uh, and then when you say, okay, well, you know, you, perhaps you could use your computer. They go, oh, uh, you know, my my computer, my son uses it at the moment, so I haven't got one. And it's just like, come on, dude, you know, you're like a you're like a a, a high end plumber turning up to fix a leak and saying, have you got any tools? Because I don't have any. You know, so you got to spend a bit of money on it. But it's been amazing how how frequently it's turned up problems like that. This particular piece of software on the phone. So we do want to thank our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. Um, they have really cool upgrade kits, David. Uh, yep. One is the I've had this before in the past. Um, it's called the well, what is the name of it? It's just all do-it-yourself kits uh, come with a enclosure, a drive, and a tool set. Which let's be honest, the tool set alone uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to someone's house that they're going to upgrade their computer and they don't have any tools. You know, they have a Phillips screwdriver, and you're like, that's not going to help you here. Uh, you have to have a special wrench. You you have to have that little spurge tool, splur, 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 spudger, spudger, I think it's called. Yeah. you got to have that's those the, things. Uh, the, the plastic stick that allows you to lever parts apart in these tiny little devices without scratching them. The complete kits start at $37.99. Uh, they handle um, up to 2 terabytes hard drive or SSD. Uh, it's a great way to reuse. Let's say you got a laptop, an older laptop. You pull the hard drive out of it. You put an SSD in there. Bam! You got a super fast computer. Well, yep. how do you pull the information from your old hard drive? Well, you get the upgrade kit. Put your old hard drive in this, and you can transfer the data that way. And then after you've transferred the data, you can erase that old hard drive, providing you've made a backup, of course, and uh, use it as an external storage or erase it download something like Carbon Copy Cloner and then use that old hard drive as the backup to the new hard drive. That's right, yeah. So, Or if you're into uh, betas, 
then uh, a, an additional hard drive like that. All modern Macs will boot off USB, so yep. you can install Mojave on there if you want to and try it out without risking your main machine. And they are USB 3.0, so I actually have one of these, David. I forgot that I'm I'm actually using one. It's connected. It, I've got an old SSD. I think it's a maybe one terabyte SSD. I don't think it's that. It's, I think it's 750, 750 or 500 SSD. It's inside this, and it's plugged into the um, USB 3.0 port on my PS4. And that's where I put a lot of my content. Not that I've been playing much on video games at all lately, but in fact, pretty much nothing. I did try the, like I said, Fortnite, and I didn't get it. I'm too old, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it works perfect for that. And I, it, you know, I had the... I had this case. I had a hard drive. I have a cable. There you go. Something else that, uh, while we're talking about the site, I would point out is that if you want to upgrade an iMac, not only does it come with all the tools, but it also comes with the suction cups for taking the glass off the front of the screen, yep. which is how you get into the drive in an iMac. And most importantly, it comes with a thermal sensor, inline thermal sensor. That means that if you, because with most iMacs, if you just pull pull them open and take the Apple Drive out and put a different one in, you'll find the fans will run full speed. Yeah. Because there's special electronics on the drive that integrates with the iMac enclosure for um, temperature control. OWC makes sure that you get that on your new drive so you don't have full up spinning fans. So very important that and uh, just shows. And, and these kits are not expensive either. No. It just goes to show that, you know, OWC is really good at covering all the bases. And, of course, they have free installation videos for all the products they sell, for all the uh, consumer products from Apple that they support. So it's all online. You can do it yourself. That's kind of the DIY aspect of these kits. Do it yourself. So you got to see Solo. I did. So what did you I, think? I, to be honest with you, I didn't think I was going to because the problem is because it wasn't a massive success, it's not generally available now. Um, yeah, it disappeared managed, from a lot of theaters quickly. Yeah, I managed to find a big theater that was just showing it once a day in the evening. So uh, last night I said to Alexander, said, you, you fancy going out for the evening? We'll go and see a movie. And so I took him to see that. So what did you think? Well, um, first of all, I read like spoilers you by the way i really did enjoy it quite a lot i think it starts really well it throws you straight into the action yeah um and and i think pretty much there's a couple of low bits but most of all it kind of keeps moving forward at a pretty good pace so it, it is very engaging very very engaging um however it's one of those movies that when you come out of the theater afterwards and you start thinking about it you just it, it was good I wouldn't say it was great. It certainly wasn't fantastic. Um, and I still stand by what I said before I'd seen it, which is I feel this is a set of stories that didn't need to be told. I don't... I, the problem is, is you go and see it, I don't really feel I know much more about Han Solo than I did before I went in. No, it's the same person. Well, well yeah, but less there's jaded. No, there's no... In, the, the whole point about doing an earlier... Of, of somebody of, of an established character showing them when they're younger a prequel effectively is to the, to me the, the the advantage of doing that is to give you some insight into who they are and how they became the person you fell in love with in a later movie this doesn't do that no. this just shows them going on a journey and it's just stuffed full of fan uh, fan references no. you know what 
the fan references, some of them have been crowbarred in there so hard, it got, it started to get pretty tiresome. Yes. I, I was really, towards the end of the movie, I was starting to get pretty annoyed. <laughs> because they were they were just so in your face. It was so unsubtle. And, it's, and it, it, it takes you out because nobody lives their life like that. Nobody starts saying phrases or, or encountering um, things the first time and reacting to them that same way. And they say, right, forever, forevermore, whenever I'm in exactly that same position, I'm going to say and do exactly the same thing. My issue was they hit on all the backstory that you hear about in the very first and second Star Wars movies, right? Yeah. So... Solo refers to these things, but it all happened within a week of itself. Yeah. Like, his big main events for his whole life was, like, a two-week period. Yeah. And that's what he's known for. That's another big problem with it. Yeah. Um, uh, Not only that, (laughs) too, I I just felt the script writing was really weak, to be honest. Yeah, it Um, was very caramelized. You know what I mean? Yeah. The plotting was The plotting was not great. The, obviously, despite the fact this is, these are meant to be formative events, obviously there's a whole load of stuff in there that has never been talked about. Um, there are some pretty major plot gaps in this. Um, but, and, and also as well, I think the way it treated most of these subsidiary characters was pretty awful. There were people being thrown away for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah, The women in this movie are treated appallingly. I mean, two of them got fridged. You know what that means, yeah? Yep, yep. Yeah, so so to anybody who doesn't know that, that's, that refers to, um, who, who was it? Was it, um, was it, it wasn't Gwen Stacy, was it uh, somebody else? I'm sure it was a Spider-Man. No, it was uh, the ele- uh, Elegated Man. No, mm, I cannot think of who it was. No, uh, uh, Dibney. The, yeah, the Elegate, Elegate, I can't say his name. He, uh, the rubbery dude in DC. Right. Anyway, the, yep. uh, he gets the home, opens the refrigerator, and there's his wife. Yeah, that's right. So it's basically where a character's girlfriend. It was Green Lantern, actually. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was Kyle Rayner's girlfriend. Yeah. He so gets home where, and is, yeah. yeah. She gets killed and stuffed in the fridge purely to give him um, a reason to get mad. Yes. Yeah. And and so in in this movie, there are characters who look to be badass, empowered, everything you would want from female characters in a modern movie. Yeah, and they just get killed off just because it, it, it gives the gives the main characters a bit of pain. Yeah. And, it, you know, because basically, uh, what's his name? The, the um, Beckett's girlfriend, Beckett, well, wife, whatever, she she sacrificed herself for really no good reason uh, and then the, the um, I'm, I'm assuming by the way anybody this has seen this movie or has no interest in seeing the movie but also the, the uh, Lando's droid who is kind of like a potential love interest to him even though she's a droid and certainly has a, a fabulous character I, I was watching this thinking this is great you know to take a droid and basically use it as a parallel for the hashtag me too feminism movement was brilliant until they killed her off yep yeah and and then the whole thing what they did with her afterwards by sticking her into the falcon yeah, was, was very very dubious yeah i thought it was kind of gruesome i was like yeah. well they so they established her character now they need a piece of information that she had the nav computer so well we're just going to stick her inside the ship yeah, it's, and it's, in, and well, it's exactly the opposite of what this droid actually believed in. 
Indeed, and not only that as well, it kind of undermines... One of the themes of the Star Wars movie is that <clears throat> is that really Solo's first love is the Millennium Falcon. Right. And um, this kind of makes out that actually, not only should he never have had, her any, had the Falcon anyway, but really the Falcon even more than you might think to belong to Lando because it's got his pseudo-robot girlfriend embedded inside it yeah. forevermore. Although it does lend credence to 3PO's um, Empire Strikes Back. Like, your your ship has a very particular dialogue. Yeah, but there, there's the problem. You kind of get the impression that that's exactly why they did it, to throw a bit of fan service into lines that yes. appeared in the later movie. And it, this, is, this is one of the things when you just think, you know, it's been crowbarred in there. It's not necessary. This is my criticism of the entire movie. Is you could have done that entire movie with completely different characters, and it still would have been as good, and yet we wouldn't have had these criticisms. My, I, I enjoyed the movie for the most part, except maybe it's just the fanboy in me. I can't accept who the, the actor they used to pick Solo, to, to right. play Solo. Now, okay, it's a younger Solo. He's a little bit more optimistic at this point in his life. He becomes more pessimistic a lot of it because of what happens in this movie and presumably the movies that will come afterwards because they do kind of set up, hey, there's going to be more movies. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that in a minute. Yeah. And so I get it, but I never... Han Solo has this swagger, this kind of... he He's probably dangerous, and he's been around, and there's just something about him that... You want to like him, and you do, but there's more to him than just what's on the screen. You don't get got, any yeah, of that I from this got actor. I the impression from the first, particularly the first two Star Wars movies, that Han does what he does because he chooses to do it. And, you know, he'll be your most, best, most reliable friend, but, but that's because he chose to, to, to be that person. Yeah? But nobody... He, no matter what what situation he's maneuvered into, he always makes his own choices, and sometimes he makes the wrong choices, and he doesn't think badly of that. He just thinks, "Well, that's my choice." That is the character I got from, particularly from the first movie. This movie tries to give him motivations for that attitude. That the, the, the reason why I say I don't need, I don't think it needed to exist. I think Han Solo as a character just needed to be that person from birth. Well, he was always an anti-hero. Yeah, exactly. And, and this makes this makes him to be a hero uh, in difficult circumstances, and yeah. it kind of weakens his character. I, I agree. Me. I agree with you on that. I just don't think the actor had the chops to pull off Harrison Ford. He just well, didn't. Uh, yeah, I think uh, to be honest, to be fair, I think he I think he was chosen because he has he has a look of a young Harrison Ford. Yeah, but there was other clearly actors not, that they, clearly not the actor. But then there's a dull. I hate saying this. I really do. There's a dullness in this actor's eyes that just doesn't convey the strength and the character of Han Solo. He's just an actor yeah. playing the role. He's not that character. Harrison Ford was that character. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, he, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, it, there's this I, this I, guy I, just didn't have the intelligence behind him that you know, the deviousness, the... That's something that made Solo Solo. I do think there are actors who could have pulled it off just fine. This wasn't one of them. This was a Disney-fied Han Solo. And the character himself didn't work. What they did with Chewbacca, however, was brilliant. I love Chewbacca in this movie. He steals every single scene he's in. Everyone. 
And and I do like how he yeah. meets Chewie for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and also as well, I felt that for a movie that's supposedly filling in the gaps in Solo's life, they still left quite a lot of important gaps. I started, I, 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 I found myself thinking, at the beginning of the movie, how did he become this person? Yeah, how can he be have this flame of optimism in the middle of these terrible circumstances um why does every planet in the galaxy have to be subjugating people <laughs> um, well that's the empire how, how how come he can speak wookie yeah you know it's another thing because you know, one of the questions we always have is how come han is the only one who understands chewy and in this movie Nobody tells us how he does that. He just goes, oh, I speak a bit of Wookiee. At least Thor said he, he could speak Groot simply because it was an elective in, at Asgard yeah, exactly. for, when he was in school. But, you know, the, the, the circumstances for how a street rat working for a crime syndicate on a backwater planet where everyone's being subjugated comes to learn the language of a noble race from another part of the can, uh, galaxy is something that's of interest to me, and it's not answered. Also as well... This could have been dealt with. I wish it had been. He knows right from the start that he's he's one of the world's he's one of the galaxy's best pilots. Right? How? And, uh, how? How? How can he possibly know that? You know? Now, I, maybe they're trying to go for the bravado angle there because often when, particularly this young Han gets behind uh, the controls of something, he doesn't appear to be he appears to be a, a brave pilot, an instinctive pilot. But not particularly good one because he bounces off a lot of things. Well, you know, but then they show him in the Empire, where I would have assumed that's where he got a lot of his skill. Well, no, he's in infantry. Well, that's because he got kicked out of the academy. But again, I want to know why did he get, get kicked out of the academy? Did he? How long was he there for? What did he learn? Right, that would have been a much better how did movie. That shape him. How did that make him become? the person that he was. How can you go through the academy and be kicked out and then go into the infantry and, and he clearly wasn't happy about it, what he was doing there and, and not have this deep hatred of the empire that apparently the, the older Han Solo doesn't really have. He doesn't really love or hate the empire. He just sees them as an in inconvenience. They're, they're the cops and he's breaking the law. Exactly. And yes. that's, that's as far as it goes. They're just something he has to deal with. He hasn't got uh, the rebellion streak in him. No, just the opposite. Yeah, he says movie, it he in does. the movie. I'm not in it for your rebellion, princess. I'm in it for the money, and I exactly. expect to be paid well. But in this movie, he apparently is in it a little bit for the rebellion. It, it, and, and they broke character at the end where he gives up all the fuel because I guess running out of gas is a thing in Star Wars now. Um he gives it all up to the rebellion for why yeah. it, it's completely counter to the character. Now, some people could say, but this is why he becomes the jaded person because he did all of these things. He went the heroic route, didn't work out for him. He lost his lady who betrays him because she's in bed with other bad guys. Yeah. Um, so this is the journey to show why he became the jaded person that you meet in Star Wars Episode Four, I get it. I, it just didn't; it, those aspects didn't work. But it did feel. I will give this to the movie. It really did feel very Star Warsy. Yeah, but then for the two hundred seventy-five million dollars they spent, I would expect it to. Um, I, I mean, it has, and the problem with it, it has. I think in this story, some of the limitations <coughs> of the Star Wars universe work against it. it in in it. 
I hate it in Star Wars when somebody says, oh, well, we have to deal with this guy because we can't run away because then we'll always be looking over. <coughs> it's like, you know, because you live, in a, you live in a galaxy, a galaxy with millions of planets and millions of aliens. And you For can... some reason, humans predominate. I don't quite understand that. But nevertheless, maybe that's just budget reasons. Um, and you're telling me you can't get away from... from you have ships that go faster than the... Sp- anywhere in the galaxy virtually instantly. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah? Makes and no sense. not only that, every planet um, shown in Star Wars apparently is only one small town. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> you know. Although, I, although they did do... And I hate to give credit to movies I detest. Uh, the, the prequels, the fir- original prequels. They did show planets that had huge populations and giant cities and a, a lot yeah, of traffic. Do, but then that, doesn't, do, that doesn't fit with this narrative that you can't ever disappear. You know, True. And we're, we're also talking about a galaxy where at least two-thirds of everybody you ever see is wearing a mask. Yeah, or a hood. <laughs> yeah. You know, you say you can't disappear in that. You can't go and make your own way without anybody coming to find you. Do me a favor. It, it, th- this is the difficulty. And to me... There are gaps here that could have been addressed far more intelligently. For instance, go back to um, Solo's piloting skills. We're living in a galaxy where it's already been established that the Force runs through everything, yeah? And the Jedi are the ones who are kind of the big thing with the Force. Right. Um, right? So why not, why not come up with a story? That, you know, the reason that, that Solo has so much luck through his life and gets away with all these risks he's taken is that he is, in fact, an unconscious Force user. No, I don't want that. I, I, that, I, mean, I, no. I think I'd, I, I think would hate that. It would completely no. ultimately in um, in the Last Jedi. No, I think that would have completely ruined. I think that would have completely ruined the character. Because right, no, that was I'm contrary. Not, I'm not you make it that mechanistic. I think you would just be able to put allusions into it. No, necessarily explain. It. I think it's and a think it's a aspect of the character that would not have to fit have a at all. Character who's guided by the force who doesn't believe in the force Mm-mm. than what we got here. No, I would I would. I vehemently disagree with that. I I think okay. that would that would be terrible. The reason I liked Solo is he didn't believe in any of this crap. He was a cowboy at the end. I mean, that's really what he is. He's a pirate cowboy, right? Um, yeah. And he didn't need all this mysticism to get himself. He used his smarts and his blaster. There was a lot but to maybe, respect yeah, about that. Why not make the smarts and the blaster a bit more deep than just you know just things that happen? Um, but because you know, I don't want everything that, to be guided by the I, force. See, I'm arguing against my own theory now because this movie is almost like a western. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, and maybe. Uh, the thing about uh, uh, the great westerns is you have the man with no name, the guy who comes and goes and does his thing and disappears Shane, again. He was kind of like Shane, that in the original leave, in, in The Last Hope. Yes. So may, maybe there should have been just more of that, you know. I would have liked that even more. I would have liked to have seen a much smaller movie, and that's what I was arguing. I think we talked about it on the last show, about Boba yeah. Fett. I want to yeah. see a western Boba Fett, very small, one-town... 12 character. I want to see small. I, I don't yeah. need another, you know, oh, look, this ties into this. And No, I don't. It, it, so let's go ahead and, and get towards the end. When you know Solo, no matter how much he feels about her, is not going to end up with Kira. It's not yeah. going to happen because he ends up with Leia. Um, I had a lot of problems with her character, to be honest. 
Uh, I like the actress. I think she's great. Uh, Game of Thrones, she's yeah. brilliant. Um, in this, she's playing a trope. And yeah. you see it coming from a mile. The moment like, he reunites saw with it her. from the first scene in the movie, to be yes, honest. Yes, absolutely. But especially, though, when he reunites with her, the whole thing is he's trying to get back to Corellia so he can get her out. And, oh, look, here she is. Oh, well, nice to see you. What's going on? <laughs> I'm like, really? That's the big reunion scene you get? And yeah. she's kind of standoffish and doesn't act like she really gives a crap that you're there. Um, but she's obviously working for the bad guys. I mean, that's she's working for the bad guys. She is a so obsessively she's a bad guy now. I guess yes, she's a bad guy. And okay, I accept that. Kind of a neat way to go with it. This is why she's not going to be his love interest. But they don't ever say that. She he's still in love with her for oh. whatever reason um she betrays him who who didn't see that coming of course that's yeah. what's going to happen but then the one part of the movie that part of me wants to really dislike but i really freaking loved it when she contacts her boss and it's darth freaking mall i loved that i went well, oh you, yes you'd love that because oh. you're a fan of Clone Wars. Yes. And because they established in the Clone Wars, this whole criminal organization, at one point, he was in charge of that organization. Yeah. The problem I have with that is that, and this goes back to my comments about fan service, is that this that character, most people who've gone to see this movie think he died. They think Obi-Wan Kenobi killed him. And they don't know what happened after that. They saw Obi-Wan Kenobi slice him in half and watch him fall down a pit. And that's why this yeah. works so well, though. It's this complete no, I surprise. Think I think, like, I think holy most crap. people in the theater will, be, will have either be going, be going, who the hell is that? Or, and then they, they them going, nobody oh, who went, died. no, nobody who went to see this movie is going, who the hell is that? Uh, nobody. I'm sorry, I disagree. I think that's part of the problem no, with the I, performance of this movie is that it's so much for the fans. You've got to make it more general. You can't have it just purely being fan service, fan service, fan service. And I, I, think, I looked at it, this. I think it's such a, a, a sloppy and uh, ham-handed way to bring in characters from the Clone Wars into the main movie universe. Um, I, I, I didn't think it worked. Particularly, if they'd have just had him on the hologram and it turns out he's the baddie, you know, the big bad for the next movie, fine. But then to hand the guy for absolutely no reason whatsoever, pick up his double-handed lightsaber, light it up, and then turn it off again while he's on the hologram. Just It was just too much. It was just, you know, here we know you don't know who this is. We're going to try and tell you who this is. Let's bring it back to the Jedi. Let's, it was just unnecessary. I thought it was awesome. I thought, I, I thought Darth Maul was one of the very best things that came out of the original trilogy. I, that, or the uh, prequels, I, I should think, say. I just think introducing at this point, at the end of a movie like that, was a mistake. It's very if Marvel. They, if you want to bring him in, have him in as part of the plot of the movie. No, it's. I, I think it was perfect. It, it, it establishes there's something bigger than, than just the vision, because that's who that was, by the way, the main villain of the whole movie the whole time until the end. Yeah, no, I know. Was the vision. Um,. Which I never felt like he was very scary, and he didn't lend any kind of weight. He seemed more like an eccentric collector, if anything. Well, he, you know, you know, um, they had a different actor playing him, and then the actor was not available for the seventy-five percent reshoot, so they cast Paul Bettany, 
Um, and to me, I think the way he played the characters just showed a lack of... I, I, I don't think it was probably commitment, but maybe preparation. In that, you know, he just did not... He was not. He did not have time to get under the skin of the character. I think he was trying his hardest to show him as a as a charming but malevolent guy, and he just couldn't, he just didn't pull it off. I, I agree with that. But that being said, that's why Darth Maul worked for me. That this is a much bigger entity than you see in this movie, and that there are going to be consequences for what Solo did. And this is why Kira isn't his love interest. Long yeah, term, I, I just I'm sorry, I just because it again it would have worked better for Vader in a way I didn't want it to do. Well, it gave her okay. She has there's more to her than just what you saw in this movie. Yeah. She does answer to someone, and who would have, who would have been better, the Emperor, Darth Vader? Ugh, well, I, I didn't want to see that. We don't know. What's, because it uh, wouldn't have been as much. It wouldn't have been as weighty or a hut. Well, you want to see another hut? I don't want to see a hut anyway. Uh, I think most okay. people would disagree with you. When Darth Maul shows up, I, it was awesome. It was like, oh, yes, they're bringing Maul back. This is going to be great. I can't wait for the next well, one. You know, I think after the performance of this one, you're not going to get a sequel. So I suspect. I would disagree. And, and again, I think a lot of that has to do with it wasn't about the movie. This did not succeed to Disney's expectations because of the movie itself. It was a combination of marketing and the release date. You released it at the same time. You've got huge movies, including your own competition at Marvel with infinity war and Deadpool's coming out. Another, another Marvel project, even though it's not really Marvel. Um, you got Ant-Man and the Wasp coming just a month later. It, 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 it was the worst time that you could release this movie. It, it yeah, should have I, been a Christmas I think, release. I think if it had been a better movie, though, um, I think they could have overcome some of that. I think the problem is is it's only a mediocre movie released at the wrong time with, with bad marketing. I think it's just as good as um, the last trilogy movie. What, The Last Jedi? Yep. I think it's just uh, as good as The Last well, Jedi. I don't know. I because don't know. at the very least, to, it was true to, to those I'm characters. i ponder on that a little bit more. So I would rate Solo. I, so I, I still think Empire Strikes Back is the best. After Empire, I, I have to go with Rogue One. Uh, the Force Awakens. Uh, tied with Star Wars, the first one. Yeah. Uh, after that, man, I got to go with uh, Return of the Jedi. And then Solo. Because Solo beats... Um, the Last Jedi, and it pre- beats all the the prequels. It just does. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree with you. Then it's mediocre as far as Star Wars movies go, but it yeah. felt like Star Wars. It was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed it. The Kessel one was great uh, for what I got to see of it, because of course Cole had to go pee right in the middle of the Kessel run. That's <laughs> the whole part of the movie I was looking forward to seeing. Um, yeah. But you know, little kids gotta go bathroom. Um. I really enjoyed Solo. I thought it was better than I was expecting. It wasn't as good as I was hoping. And the reveal of Maul at the end made me excited to see another one. To go back to what you said, I think there will yeah. be another one. I think they, I, I absolutely 100% think there's going to be another Solo movie. That being said, they may tie it in with another character instead of just doing pure Solo. The follow-up to this movie will be something like bringing in Obi-Wan Kenobi. But 
obviously they cannot have Kenobi and Solo meet in that movie. So you'd have parallel storylines going on, which is fine. If done right, it could be actually really entertaining. Uh, they could be working towards the same goal and unwittingly help each other to achieve that goal. They just never cross paths. Um, or, you know, he uses a Jedi main trick to make Solo forget. <laughs> uh, I, but there will be a follow-up to this story. This is not the... They introduce Maul so they can reuse him. And I think that's a brilliant move. I think he's a much better bad guy than Snook. Much better. I don't want to see Vader popping up in every single Star Wars movie simply because in this time period he's not dead, so give him more Vader. Um, I, I think they should let Vader rest for a very long time at this point. He had a, a great scene in Rogue One, and that's where they just stopped using Vader for a while. That's it. Um, but you do need a bad guy, and I think Maul was cruelly un underused in the very first Star Wars. Um, he had a look. Yeah. He had an attitude. How do, how do you like what they did for Maul in um, any other cartoon show? I think he was great. I, I yeah. like the way they progressed his character. He became he had much more depth than you ever saw. He was devious. He was spurned by the the Sith, so he became his own thing. Uh, he was obsessed with going after Kenobi for cutting him in half, which makes perfect sense. Uh, but he wasn't purely just evil because if you watched him in um, what was the last one, the the Rebels. Rebels, yeah. yeah, where he's trying to manipulate Ezra to kind of joining him. He, they, he, they had a depth. And by the way, that was the guy who did the voice in, in Rebels, did the voice yeah. for him in Solo. Yeah. It was Ray Parks, but it wasn't his voice. wasn't his voice, yeah. Um, I, that's one I, of the I reasons I'm so see, excited. See, he didn't speak in um, The Phantom Menace, didn't he? I can only assume that despite the fact that Ray Parks, who professionally was a stuntman, he did speak. Well, he didn't uh, speak I, in the I can movie. I only assume that, that despite the fact that he looks like a badass, that when he speaks, he sounds a little bit like this. No, he's got a... a um, yeah, I don't know. But he no, he did he speak. Just like this. <clears throat> we will get our revenge I will destroy the Sith. The Sith are bad guys. I'm going to punch him in the kidney so hard. It's going to hurt him. It's, I'm going to hit him so hard his mother's going to feel it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably going to work. <laughs> but no, he, Darth Maul had lines in the first movie. Did he? Yeah, remember he's like, "We're going to finally get our revenge on the Jedi," and yeah. I I, I don't remember that. Yeah, but then there's a lot of that movie. I've, well, that's the problem. You knew who Darth Maul is, but he was forgettable because they didn't do anything cool with him other than make him look badass in the double-bladed lightsaber. Everybody wanted to see more of him, and you didn't until. Uh, a cartoon series and even that that's still different than seeing him on the big screen yeah. for them to tease him to take a character we we don't need more Boba Fett we really don't I feel like we could use more Darth Maul because he's such a good bad guy visually uh, it, it brings in the lightsaber thing which everybody wants to see of course and he does feel like he could be a threat to the heroes now you know he's not going to be Solo or Chewie or any of that, but there's a lot of other characters he could take out, like Kira. Will we see Beckett again? No, that character's done. That's a one and done. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I disagree with you. I think bringing in Darth Maul was brilliant. I loved it. Well, maybe I was just jaded by the fan service I'd had all the way through being bashing me around the head. And I, and I agree with all the other fan service, with the exception of the Kessel Run. I liked that part. Again, no, I, don't, I, I don't have a problem. Well, I do. I, I think we, we, you know, you said about the timeline and all these big things happen so quickly to it right. in this movie. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with them doing the Kessel Run itself, though. To me, it didn't really seem. Everyone's talking about it like it was it, like it was a regular smugglers' run. It looked like nobody had ever done it before. But right. um, I don't have a problem with that. I don't tr- consider the fact they set it around the Kessel Run as as much fan service as you know all the throwaway lines and references and stuffing they stuffed it full with. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think you of know? Lando? Huh? Lando. Um. So I know people have been really raving about him. I didn't. I to me it was. I I didn't see the Billy D. Williams side of the character in, in Donald Glover's performance. I thought I actually he was thought trying Donald too Glover hard. made a better Lando than the Billy D. Williams did. Uh, I didn't get the impression that this is the same character. Well, looks like we lost David. Well, that's okay because we are over. Uh, an hour at this point so we're just going to wrap this up we'll see if we can uh well let's see it looks like david's still trying to <laughs> i think he lost his internet connection or i did one of the two that sure happens well yeah we lost david so we're just going to wrap it up at this point uh, a couple weeks from now is max stock make sure you guys come out and uh come to max stock seriously it's going to be a lot of fun um, get to meet two of my kids. They're going to be there, Brooke and uh, Rachel. So we do have, uh, yeah, we did have some feedback. David's got the feedback. Really, really want to get to that. Uh, send in your feedback. The show at techfanpodcast.com. I'm thrown off a little bit because I lost David and we're right in the middle of that. But we're just going to wrap it up at this point. It's, it's kind of long in the tooth. And uh, see, see you next week. Mm-hmm.